Set aside your fantasy and sci-fi doorstoppers. Sometimes big ideas come in small packages. This is Word Less. Tori, how did your week go? (laughs) Uh, It's been pretty hectic. I am a librarian. It is the summer reading program right now, uh, which I I always tell people the library during summer is like working retail at Christmas. And uh, it's been, (laughs) it's just been, uh, somebody else compared it to working at the gym in January. And that might be a more apt description because we're not actually selling anything. It's just been wall to wall people. so many people and so many books and like you'd think it's a library or something people just keep checking out the books and then returning the books and like that's my whole life now is like i'll I'll shelve for hours and hours and then the carts are still full so uh, that's that's how how my life is (laughs) what time does school let out where you live uh oh around here well some schools are still in session um Usually they get out right around um, Memorial Day. Um, Some of them get out more in the mid-May area, um, but um, with snow days being a thing, um, because people don't know how to drive in the snow here, so anytime there's a little bit of snow, they cancel everything. Um, And then the kids have to... Yeah. <laughs> but, but but then the the schools have to stay in session longer to get their minimum instructional days. You know what it is, and um, right, right. So so some of them are still in session until June ish. Um, but they're they're almost all of them about done now. Yeah, we usually get out around June fifteenth here in Portland. Um, oh, yeah. So school is the the high school graduates are graduated, but other than that. Yeah. We're still. Well, when do they go back to school in the fall in your area? The Wednesday before Labor Day. Oh, see, yeah. Ours is usually at the beginning of August. Yeah. Start sooner, get out sooner. Yeah, exactly. When I was a kid, it was the Tuesday after Labor Day, but now it's the Wednesday before Labor Day. My week has been fine. It's just been a fine week. It's been a normal thing. Oh. (laughs) So I'm going to, I might have to cut this. We'll see. So okay. I work, I work for Craig, not your Craig, my Craig. Yeah. Different and Craig. Mm-hmm. yeah, we landed uh, Chuck Tingle because he has, I believe it's a YA horror novel coming out, which is going to be an interesting brand change for him. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but I may have to cut all that. So anyway. That's still exciting. It is. Anyway, uh, today we are we are going to be talking about Murderbot. Yes, yes, I love Murderbot. Love Murderbot so much. It's so great. And Tori wanted to talk about Murderbot. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's her suggestion, and here we are. It's all spoilers for All Systems Red guys yeah from here on out <laughs> all spoilers all the time so different from yes. your podcast <laughs> <laughs> yes 
where we have clearly delineated spoiler-free sections. And um, I mean, when you're talking about an audiobook that's like four hours long, you really there's not a lot of room for not spoilers. Although we can start with how would you rate this book? Oh, I would rate this book very highly. This is a great book. Um, I love, love, love um, not just the characters. Uh, Murderbot itself is a fabulous character that I identify with very strongly. Um, But the combat descriptions in this series, top notch. Like, I I can so clearly visualize every action scene. Um, Just very well done. Oh, do you want a movie of this? Because I want a movie of this. (laughs) I want a movie of this so bad. Yes. Um, So I would give it like four stars. Uh, Definitely. There's some some issues. But I love me a dark humored action film. And this is that in print. (laughs) Yes, very much. And I would describe it as a blood-soaked the velveteen rabbit it's about becoming real (laughs) it's about becoming a real oh my gosh (laughs) and i love that because you know what we're all trying to become real because we all fail at being real people sometimes and uh i'm gonna say him because I just think of him as a him, not it. It's weird for me to call Murderbot it, but um, same, yeah. Um, I feel like it's very important, though. Uh, yes, I, I did is, the audio version is. as well, which is narrated by Kevin R. Free, uh, who does identify as he, as far as I know. Uh, so the the temptation to refer to Murderbot as a he is it's very high, but uh, Murderbot is Isn't is not it? a he. Yeah. And is not even a they them. Murderbot is an it. And I feel like if we had Murderbot here on the podcast and we were speaking to it and referred to it as anything that would imply humanity, let alone gender, uh, it would be so <laughs> offended at us. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm I know I'm going lie. to slip up. Yeah, I know I'm going to slip <laughs> up and try. refer to it as a he probably several times but i i am going to try very hard um i'm just putting the apology out there <laughs> in front <laughs> i realize murderbot isn't it yeah yeah i just um the snarky humor the self-loathing the oh man the part this where just... it just wants to be left alone to watch its shows like right? yes <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you have a summary for us. I do have a summary, yes. This is a spoiler-filled summary, uh, which uh, I also realized I didn't write the last few sentences of, so I'm going to be making up the end part, but uh, maybe I'll do okay. So, I'm sure it's fine. (laughs) Murderbot is a SEC unit, or an armed security unit consisting of both robotic and organic parts. Murderbot is on the job guarding preservation survey team on an uninhabited planet. Things have been peaceful for 22 planetary days, giving Murderbot plenty of time to get caught up on its favorite cereal, Rise and Fall of Sanctuary Moon. 
Unfortunately, the pieces shattered when Murderbot and one of the preservation clients, Dr. Burge Watch, are almost eaten by a giant creature out in the field. Murderbot's quick thinking and combat skills save the day, but also get the human clients thinking of and treating Murderbot as a real person, which is a huge problem for Murderbot, the poster child for introverts everywhere. <laughs> the humans, led by Dr. Mensa, can't think why there was no information about the hostile giant creature in their survey package. A bit of research, however, reveals that huge sections of the info packet have been removed. The humans decide to go check out one of the missing map sections to see if they can find a mechanical cause for the error. They don't see anything that would have corrupted the scans, but they do realize the maps aren't showing them hazard data because it's still showing up for Murderbot. Back at the habitat, the humans find they've lost contact with the only other survey team on the planet, Deltfall, and they plan a road trip to check on them. Murderbot goes along and is the first to notice problems with the communication satellite. At the Deltfall habitat, Murderbot scouts ahead, finding the other survey team murdered, likely by their own <laughs> sec units. After telling the preservation humans to fall back, Murderbot investigates further, only to be attacked by the rogue units. The rogue units try to insert an override chip into Murderbot's data port, though Murderbot's humans come to the rescue before the download completes. Back at the preservation habitat, after under undergoing lengthy repairs, Murderbot has to confess that it's a rogue sec unit with a hacked governor module not under corporate control. As it talks to its humans, the evidence begins to point to the culprit. A third undocumented survey team is on the planet and is trying to kill off their competitors and blame the company. But why? Fearing the evil survey team will come for them in their habitat, Murderbot and the humans load up their hoppers and flee for the hills. After evil survey visits the habitat, preservation team return, finding a voice on the security feed, telling them to meet up and come to an arrangement. Murderbot has a plan. And this is the part where I stopped writing. So Murderbot <laughs> and Dr. Mensa uh, go to the evil survey, meet up with the evil survey team. Uh, Murderbot says, oh, by the way, I'm a rogue sec unit, and uh, if you can sneak me off with your um, inventory, then uh, I'll, I'll hand this other team over to you. And they're like, yeah, that sounds great. Go get your, go get, go get Dr. Mensa for us. And um, meanwhile, he surprise was... Surprise betrayal. It was a, <laughs> yes, surprise betrayal. Um because Murderbot was actually just the distraction while the rest of Preservation Team went and activated an emergency beacon um, so that they could get some help. And the blast from the emergency beacon blows the evil survey team um, off of the landing platform, and uh, thereby Murderbot and Dr. Mensa are able to escape. Um, Murderbot... Uh, wakes up after being repaired from the blast to find that it has been purchased by uh, Dr. Mensa and uh, is now free of the corporation. Uh, and rather than go home with Dr. Mensa um, to preservation, um, Murderbot catches a cargo ship and uh, runs off to be free. So, the end. <laughs> So this is going to, we we might be talking about this a little bit backwards, but I'm going to say, what do you think about the end of this story? Do you find it satisfying? 
if there was not a sequel, if this was all there was, if it's if this was a lone story all by itself in the universe, I would be so unsatisfied. But the part where this is a longer narrative and there is there is a sequel that tells, you know, why did Murderbot choose to flee? Um and we we get more into the history of the character. Um I'm actually okay with the ending. I I will say the first time I ever read it, when I got to the ending, I was like, what? But um, this is probably my fifth time going through it. And it I can't see it ending any other way now. So here's what I'm going to say. Because I read the first two books together. The first two okay. novellas together. I actually found it, so it's hard for me to separate. Does that make sense? Mm. Um, to separate those two novellas, like it's almost like one yeah. book to me. Um, but I liked it. I'm pretty sure I liked it when I got to the end of the book the first time, because what you're set up for is that he's going to go be Mensa's adopted son or something like there's this weird thing where they have to, where bots have to have a sponsor mm -hmm. on their planet. And he, it knows that it has some things it has to solve about itself. So it's yeah. almost like Murderbot is like a 16 year old kid or a 17 year old kid that needs, is going off to college or whatever and needs to just go out there and do its own thing mm -hmm. in order to be able to reintegrate into his family. It's family. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Uh, for me, it's kind of, um, it's been a slave. It, it, it was mm -hmm. under the, co under the control of the corporation had to do whatever the corporation said. And, like Murderbot hacked its own governor module, um, mm -hmm. and and then just continued to be a slave, even though it was free on the inside. And when circumstances allow Murderbot to be actually free, uh, instead of just going along with the next set of humans and doing what they tell it to, Murderbot embraces its freedom and. Um, like, and it, it, it says in its message to Dr. Mensa at the end that, you know, I just, I need you to know that this is why I'm leaving you, my favorite human. Um, and, and specifically refers to Dr. Mensa as its favorite human. Uh, so you, you do see um, in the first novella particularly, um, Murderbot is not a fan of humans, not a fan of organic parts, thinks they're gross, doesn't like fast forward through all the sex scenes, um, is, is just uh, inwardly embarrassed at the, the very idea of sexual attraction and, um, and refers to the humans as the clients or 
the humans that hired me or and but by chapter four they're my humans they're my humans and and you see you see the attitude change it's like you're not killing my humans those are my humans (laughs) and um (laughs) yeah that's what i i love about this this particular novella is that he's going from it's going from being like really apathetic it opens with him saying I'm a murder bot, but I don't murder. Right. <laughs> I like the, watch the TV number of times. And- the number of times it says, and by the way, I don't care. <laughs> like, right, um, exactly. And and even and then, comes out and tells the humans, like, I yeah, I deleted that information because I didn't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he um, slowly, it slowly moves into, like you said, the possession. Like these are my people. Like they're yeah. my humans. And um the discomfort it has with the change of the relationship mm-hmm. um between him it, between it and its clients and like I love the fact that <laughs> he's overhearing conversations and they're like, just don't ask it about its feelings. Just don't that yes. makes him uncomfortable. <laughs> it, it's just a lot of fun. And I just love how very very snarky it is it's just yes so much snark and he's just like sigh the humans are doing it again yes (laughs) this is bad planning (laughs) like uh maybe the bad people got in because you were trying to be nice just stop being nice (laughs) yes (laughs) i just love it Ah. one one of oh sorry Go ahead. Oh, there's um, a bit um, at the beginning, like after it's been attacked by the hostile creature and has to go back to the um, repair chamber. I I forget what they called it. Um, Cubicle, I think. The cubicle, yes. Yeah, go back to the cubicle um, and is uh, just in the cubicle trying to repair and Dr. Mensa knocks on the door. And Murderbot is like, oh my god, I am actively leaking. You're gonna see me <laughs> leaking. This is so embarrassing. Like, it just cannot with the organic parts. Like, just, ah! <laughs> and, Let me leak in peace. <laughs> right? <laughs> I love it. I mean, I know that I've felt that way a few times. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, you're just sick and you're just like, oh my god. Yes, it's I like, just please just leave alone. me in bed. Let Leave me in bed and let me be sick. Like, stop asking <laughs> me questions. Like, <laughs> But I, I like that he, it develops respect for yes. his humans because right. he uh, you, you like they're just nice. They're nice people. They're trying to do what's what's right by him yeah. and by uh, other people. And it starts to change his view. But I also like the just the um, like he's like I can't deal with real humans, but I really love my soap opera that I have over here. Right. And uh, the number of times Murderbot compares its humans to the TV humans is. Um, 
I always enjoy those comparisons. It's like, these are, these are real humans. They're not intrepid explorers. And then Dr. Mensa does something badass. And it's like, maybe she is an intrepid explorer. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, And uh, toward the end, like before they um, go confront the evil survey group, uh, there's a bit where he's thinking, Dr. Mensa is a good leader. I'm going to hack her file. So it says that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed the tension between him and or it and the Mintap, which is totally oh, uh, from Dune. Yeah, yeah the I, uh, augmented human the names. Yes, Garothin. the augmented human. Yeah, yeah. Garothin. Um, and he he is rightly suspicious of Murderbot, yes. and in fact, he's the one who reveals that. Murderbot is what Murderbot named itself. Yeah, he's like totally freaked out. And, and the reaction to that uh, is probably one of my favorite parts of this novella. Is you know it calls itself Murderbot, and Murderbot says that was private. <laughs> like, just <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Oh, I had a quote. Do you have any quotes, by the way? You're not. I didn't think to get any. Okay, so they're setting up camp when they first get there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there were groans and complaints of having to pay for subpar equipment. I didn't take it personally. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, I think that's one of the best lines in the story. Uh. It's so funny. There's a anyway. lot of, um, there are a lot Sorry? of instances of Murderbot referring to the corporation and how, no, they're a really bad corporation. Like, they do, they, they do the cheapest, like, have you seen the upholstery in here? Like, it's the cheapest recycled, like, yeah, the lowest bidder. Um, and, and you find out at, toward the end of the story that Murderbot has a reason for loathing the corporation is that uh, it was um, cheap uh, parts that caused the uh, governor module to fail um, several years ago, which caused Murderbot to go on a murder spree and kill a whole mining team. Um, And that was why um, Murderbot hacked its um, governor module now so that that wouldn't happen again. well, and even but, he, sorry, <laughs> it, it talks about how, how do I put this? The process after the murder spree that it goes through was just so, I don't want to say dehumanizing, but yeah, depersoning, that's depersoning. Yes. And he, it doesn't even know what actually happened. Yeah, because memory wipe was a part of it. And, um, but just that the corporation treated Murderbot like a, like a part, like a machine, an expensive machine that, well, I mean, we can't just throw it away. We've got to repair it and keep using it. And, uh, Murderbot took that personally. Like, (laughs) I mean, can you blame him? No. 
because it is horribly uh it's horribly it it feels like murderbot is has more humanity than the corporation does because the corporation's focus is on the profits and murderbot's focus was i just killed a bunch of people <laughs> right i think it's i think part of it is the disconnect between how the corp the corporation built murderbot right and there's like all these other murder bots that are exactly like him. So it, it, he really is just a part. He's a machine. And yet they get, I'm trying to remember there's this, when Mensa is hiring it, she says something about you gave it intelligence and it has enough intelligence to realize it's its own thing. And it was something about a bargain. Like it was a terrible bargain that the corporation made by creating these sec units. Dang it. I don't Should've remember that. Quote. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they had to give it a level of intelligence so it could act independently. But. So it's like different than just like a robot or whatever. Oh my gosh. I'm so mad at myself right now. <laughs> that's one of my <laughs> But it was a it was a terrible bargain that they made by giving Murderbot intelligence. They were also creating a person in a way. So uh, yeah. That's one of the cool things about this story is that it really does deal with some very serious issues in this fun little action packed novella. Yeah. So you say, yeah, just like Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, It's like we've been recording together for five-ish years now. Yeah, it's been a few. Uh, So I have some questions. Okay. From my server. You did not ask your your server questions, whatever. I did, but I didn't get any questions back. Um, I was like, do you guys have any discussion questions? It's like, hey, I've heard it's a good book. Care to elaborate? It's like, thanks, Mike. (laughs) Mike gave me a good question. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. So, favorite robots, and where does Murderbot land on that list? Ooh, yep. I think Murderbot lands very highly on that list. Uh... Yeah, might even be a favorite at at the moment. Um, the recency uh, bias. <laughs> yeah, recency bias. Um, but what's the uh, what's that robot on Hitchhiker's Guide? Voiced by Alan Rickman in the movie. That <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember his name. Melvin, I think. Yeah. Um. The one who kills, like, the spaceship (laughs) by being so depressed. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Um, Okay, so favorite robots. I would say I do like Melvin. If that's not his name, don't at me. I mean, it's our own fault we didn't remember, so. (laughs) Um, Chopper from Star Wars Rebels is up there. I have not seen that. 
it's um, it's a really fun show really fun i gotta say that um c3po is one of my favorite robots <laughs> <laughs> and terminator from the second movie yes yeah yeah i would say so i've listed three now i would say murderbot is probably two with um c3po no terminator being my favorite out of those four robots that's a really weird combination it's really hard to <laughs> yeah well, and it's also really hard like there are things i like more or less about the different robots so i'm, I'm really bad at picking favorites of anything yeah, favorite like color it. favorite food favorite book like no nah, i can't i can't i just there i like so many things it's it's like as far as favorite food like i totally agree like what are you in the mood for? Mm -hmm. I also do really like the robot from um, Flight of the Nav Navigator. Oh, yay. <laughs> yeah. He's fun. Oh, dear. Yeah. Anyway. So there you anyway. go, Mike. <laughs> There's your answer. <laughs> so Kipton from The Legendarium. What is your comfort show? Oh, comfort show. Gosh. Um, I'm going to have to go with Oran High School Host Club, <laughs> the anime. I have it's no a, idea what that is. It's um, hilarious. It's um, a rich, rich kids school. And uh, there is a, a character, Haruhi Fujioka, is there on a scholarship. Um, and uh, one day accidentally stumbles into um, what Haruhi thought was an abandoned uh, study room was actually taken over by a host club. Uh, because schools in Japan, they all have extracurricular clubs. And one of the boys, uh, Tamaki, decided he was going to start a host club. Which, if you know anything about uh, Japanese culture, is kind of uh, you go to a club and these very attractive people are there on staff to flirt with you and and have dinner with you, and um, it's it's completely manufactured. It's like it's like the red light district without the sex. It's all just the like they're they're there to flirt with you and give you a fantasy and. Um, so the host club decides that Haruhi is going to be their um like like their pet project. They uh dress Haruhi in a uniform, they in induct him into the host club and uh, and then they find out that Haruhi is a girl. So Haruhi is now um in the host club uh Everybody in the entire school thinks that she is a guy, and um, the rest of the host club knows that it's girl. And then they they work to keep Haruhi's secret and um, try not to fall in love with her. And it is hilarious. <laughs> it is completely over the top hilarious just um 
I've seen it a million times and I still laugh at it. It's uh... so number two son and I, when uh, number one son is bowling, uh, watch anime together. So uh-huh. I might check that out. You uh, should we're check watching that out. Castlevania right now. But, oh, I love Castlevania. I love <laughs> Castlevania. I started Demon Slayer and uh, within the first episode, I was like, this plot seems remarkably similar to every other shonen plot yes, ever yeah, and yes, I, I didn't it i i didn't feel it was uh i didn't i didn't feel compelled to watch past the first episode um i mean i'm enjoying it it's not like it's the it's, best it's thing very ever. popular <laughs> and people like it so i'm sure i'm wrong and maybe someday no, i'll get around wrong. it <laughs> it's not for you <laughs> so this is gonna sound super ultra nerdy but when i'm in a bad mood first of all i don't watch a lot of tv in the first place so mm. there's that uh i have more comfort reads than comfort watches but no, i that would makes say sense. i would say firefly firefly is a good show i just real yeah um i watched it when i was going through my divorce Repeatedly, by the way, because it really <laughs> just was because because it's a short show and it didn't last as long as it should have. So, <laughs> right. And I watched it with my mom while she was dying. And it's just something that oh. when I'm sad, I watch it because it's just like the perfect. I, I love Westerns. Mm-hmm. I love spaceships. It's the perfect mm-hmm. combination of those things. And it's very funny. It really is. It really is. So quotable. It's so quotable. My my husband and I quoted at each other all the time. And I actually, at one point, had watched it uh, repeatedly so many times that I started saying shiny. (laughs) (laughs) We're cool. So, um, yeah. So I would say that is my comfort watch. Well, if you get a chance sometime, you should try the Firefly board game. Uh, I I do not board game. That board games are just not my thing. Um, but the Firefly board game, my husband is very into it. Uh, and you can do a single player version. Like you can set up the whole board and you can play through it all by yourself. Um, but it's um, more fun when you have people over. But it, it's one of those games that will take you hours. Like it, it's like Axis and Allies. It's gonna you set up the board oh, no. and that takes forever, and then you're at it all day. So <laughs> I'm gonna say no, and here's why: because when I board games, <laughs> and I do a lot, like the kids and I play board games all the time. Um, easy setup, forty five minutes at the most. Yeah, that's about all I've got in me either. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But we'll play several games that fall into that in one night. It's just. Yeah. It's like, no, Axis and Allies, no. I'm sorry. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to spend 10 hours <laughs> playing. There was, there was one time in college when we had a Lord of the Rings marathon and we were watching all the extended versions. I think the extended version of Return of the King had just come out. So we were going to watch all of them. And meanwhile, the boys went off in the other room and set up a game of Axis and Allies. And they were still playing it when we finished the movie marathon. And... <laughs> I might have to amend comfort watch 
I definitely watch the extended versions of Lord of the Rings every year. Oh, sure. I'm about to do that later this month, actually. The, um, I, the Lord of the Rings Magic the Gathering set is coming out later in oh. June. And um, at uh, my library, we just had a board game shop open directly across the street. So the owner and I are going in this thing together. Like at the library, we have a movie viewing license. So the library is going to do a Lord of the Rings marathon. And then when the library closes at six, that's when he's going to have his release party for this game. Um, So. Oh, fun. Yeah. Okay. So. Tori, do you have anything you yes. would like to plug? Uh, well, if you want to hear more from me, you can find me at the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast. Uh, visit patreon.com slash CosmereCast for a link to our Discord server. You don't actually have to be a patron to join the Discord server, only if you want to be on the live recordings. So, Which Allison has done a couple of times. Well, I've been on Patreon, but once I was actually on a live recording when you were absent. Yeah, and I, yeah, I was absent and Allison got to be me. <laughs> and uh, that, I don't think that episode I, is out yet, so I don't know how it went. But like, <laughs> oh, I'm sure really I sound enjoyed like an it. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you, you couldn't possibly sound any worse than we do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thanks so much for joining us tonight. Our music well, thanks is for having me. You're welcome. Of course, anytime. Uh, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Our music is Better Days by John Worthy. You can contact us at wordlesspod at gmail.com. I'm Allison, and that lady's Tori. Good night. Good night, Internet. Yes, darling. Okay, come here. I thought you were in the middle of something. I am, but we're done recording. Uh, out of the work. Yeah, it's weird when your babies are taller than you. Yeah, baby's <laughs> really tall. Which baby was that? That's number two. <laughs> <laughs>